0: Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Jesse Cook, and this podcast is the reality of fantasy. Uh, technically, this is our second recording, our second episode, and today I'm going to talk a little bit on best ball drafts. Uh, and I'm going to use a recently conducted best ball uh, draft that I did on the draft app. Uh, Shout out to them, they have a great platform. To expose individuals that have no familiarity with the uh, medium, uh, two best balls, uh, discuss a little strategy, uh, important to be cognizant of certain characteristics of your roster uh, throughout the process, Um, and just overall talk a little bit about where players are falling uh, and what players I really like. Um, So, let's dive in with what is Best Ball. So, Best Ball is a season-long format, um, meaning that it's draft a team, and you have this team for the entire season. Uh, It is unique in the sense that there is no management post-draft. In typical season-long fashion, you usually have some waiver wire, free agent pickups, trades... None of that applies when drafting a best ball roster. So you draft team, you can forget about it, you can check it months later and hope that you're winning. However, this brings in a fair amount of strategy when thinking about your team. Uh, basically, you need to have players in each spot for the entire season. If you only draft two running backs and you start two running backs and one of your running backs gets injured, well, guess what? You only have one running back and a big goose egg from the other running back spot. So you need to be very cognizant of the balance across your roster when thinking about the team. Similarly, best ball, or I guess uniquely best ball also um, deviates from season-, season long because there really is no starting roster. You have your entire roster in the best scores play in the uh whatever roster spots you have in the best ball format so for instance this best ball format that i just drafted was one qb two running backs three wide receiver and one, one tight end each week you draft 18 players and of your 18 players the best scores where you can fit into those positions will play so with the 18 rounds This was a 10-team best ball format. Uh, I was looking to get three quarterbacks, six running backs, six wide receivers, and three tight ends. And again, I mentioned earlier that stability, meaning the likelihood that your players are going to finish the season, is really important. But also thinking about upside. Because you want to have players on your bench that have wide variance. You want to have the players who are going to go for 150 and two touchdowns one week and then be non-factors for three weeks, and you get to pay off on them when they, only, when they have their splash weeks. So building a good base, a good solid base, and then having upside players is critical as well for best ball. Another factor that will rear its ugly head when we review my team at the end is you must be aware of bye weeks. If you draft two quarterbacks to fit one quarterback spot, good for you. However, if they have the same bye week, you have no quarterback that week. So you really want to be cognizant of overlapping bye weeks and finding compatible matches. Does somebody have a really easy matchup on weeks that somebody else has a really hard matchup? Those could be congruent players that you want to target in best balls. And there are advanced analytic teams that spend a lot of time finding congruent pairs for best ball formats. Uh, I won't go into more detail on that, so we can focus on my draft today. So in this 10-team format, I had the sixth pick. And it started off pretty standard. And when it got to me, I really had a choice between Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, and Devonte Adams. DeAndre Hopkins had just gone off the board. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of having a one wide receiver, one running back in the first two rounds. Um, And I was looking ahead at the next round, um, and I really felt that Nick Chubb or uh, Dalvin Cook was going to be there when it got back to me in the next round. And I felt really good about those. I feel really good about those players. So I decided to go with Devontae Adams. I thought he was really safe. Builds me a nice floor to start off with, a likelihood of 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. You don't really know what's going on with Zeke yet. James Conner, I love that he's a Pittsburgh Steeler where they really love the bell cow, but that was his first season. He had some injuries. Who knows if he'll be able to last a full season. So I wanted the stability, and Devontae Adams provided that. Coming back around in the second round, At 2.5, Nick Chubb had just got taken right in front of me, which is okay because I was really banking on Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb being there, and if they were both there, I would have had a difficult decision, honestly, but Dalvin Cook was still on the board, and so I decided to snag Dalvin Cook. I feel really good about Dalvin Cook this year in a run-heavy offense, a team that could be playing from ahead with a good defense, a quality set of receivers so they can't stack the box. Um, good coaching staff, Dalvin cook, a full year removed from ACL surgery. Um, I did pass on Odell Beckham Jr. Juju and Mike Evans, but again, I took Devonte in the first and I felt really good about Dalvin cook here. So I just snagged him and felt great about Devonte and Dalvin to start it off. Plus my last name's cook. So <laughs> now we got two cooks on the roster. Uh, In the third round, it came back to me, and I felt amazing about this pick. Uh, I would have ideally likened to take Kerryon Johnson, who went two picks prior to me. Antonio Brown went the pick before. I would have had to make a decision between this player and Antonio Brown, because I do feel that Antonio Brown is going to get peppered with targets, uh, and I like his upside quite a bit in the third round. I think you can be getting first-round value out of that. But I love Leonard Fournette. I have preached earlier in the first episode that I love the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule. I think that this is the year that Fournette puts it all together. I think Nick Foles is extremely competent, quarterback, and underrated. And the Jaguars are going to surprise some people. I think the defense will be more improved. I think they'll be winning games. I think Fournette will be touching the ball 20 to 25 times a game uh, on the ground and through the air. I really liked it, and I like starting off with Devontae Dalvin and Leonard Fournette. It's a very stable group, uh, good production across the board. When we get into the fourth round... This is a pick that I actually used all my time on, and we should probably discuss it because I'm still not entirely certain I made the correct pick, but I feel most comfortable with this decision. So I decided going into this pick that I wanted a wide receiver so I could have 2-2 and to start. And Zach Ertz was on the board, but I already decided I want a wide receiver, so tight end, you're gone. So I have a choice between Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, and Chris Godwin. If I was going stability, I think Stephon Diggs is the play. Keenan Allen, I don't think, has much touchdown upside for me. And since I wasn't taking a tight end here and I'm high on Hunter Henry, I didn't really want to be potentially pigeonholing myself by having the entire Chargers offense or not taking Henry later. I also like Mike Williams, and I thought that I, there's a potential I'd be taking him later. So I wanted to leave that flexibility open. If I had known that Marvin Jones was injured... Uh, which came out yesterday, I believe. I would have put more thought into Kenny Galladay, but the fact that they play so slow and prefer to run the ball made me less inclined to to want Galladay. And the news coming out in Tampa Bay has just been so praising of Chris Godwin Mike Evans even came out and said that he's competing with Godwin for the number one spot on the team. And that's just an absurd statement, but that just shows you how talented this guy is. He might be playing in the slot role in a Bruce Arians offense. That's worked with Larry Fitzgerald and Heinz Ward. I went upside. I went smash what I believe to be most comfortable. I want pieces of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. And I took Chris Godwin ahead of those players. We'll see what happens in the fifth round. I wanted to get a running back. I wanted to have three running backs. Two wide receivers, I would have felt really good about that. Chris Carson and Sonny Michel were the two I was targeting for good reason. And I'm really high on Chris Carson. and a little less high on Sonny Michel, but really high on Chris Carson. Chris Carson went two picks before me, and Sonny Michel went the pick before me. So, didn't have to think about that. There really wasn't anything else available. And so I decided to lock in a tight end at this point and took Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram without Odell Beckham was the focal point of that team. I think he gets a ton of targets upwards of 120 this year if he stays healthy. And I I think he could potentially pass Ertz and sneak into the top three tight end talk. Um, Touchdowns may be a problem, but I feel really good about having Evan Ingram at that tight end spot and locking in. And there really wasn't much else around there. In the sixth round, uh, I took Mike Williams from the LA Chargers. I wanted a receiver. uh, Well, I wanted a running back, but there was nothing there. Uh, So I wanted a receiver. I had DJ Moore in my crosshairs, got taken the pick before me. Go figure. Of course, DJ Moore, I'm really high on him. I'm really high on uh, Carolina in general. I like Curtis Samuel, but I think DJ Moore is the more prototypical receiver. What I really like about Mike Williams is the potential for multi-tie TD weeks. I love his big frame. We've seen in the past Phillip Rivers thrive with guys like that, similar to Vincent Jackson. Uh, And I think Mike Williams could really, really, really surprise here, put up 10 to 13 touchdowns, maybe anywhere from 800 to 1,100 yards. And I think that's really good for my wide receiver three. Um, So at this stage, I have Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette at running backs, Devontae Adam, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams at wide receiver, and Evan Ingram at tight end. And I'm feeling pretty good about that core. In the seventh round, I saw an opportunity for upside. Uh, I have my two starting running backs, so I'm looking to make a splash pick. Somebody who can have... 125 150 all-purpose yards two touchdowns in a couple weeks throughout the year that will surpass my top running backs and lead me to high scores on a a inconsistent but uh sometimes available basis and tariq cohen was available and i like the bears as a whole unit but finding pieces that offense is really difficult Uh, i like tariq cohen i don't want to rely on him But I want to have the potential for the weeks that Matt Nagy gains scripts for him, gives him the ball 8-15 to times, and he just goes bonkers. Uh, And so that was a splash pick that I was pretty happy about landing and feel pretty good about having. In the 8th round, there was nothing really going on. There was nothing that I was interested in, honestly. Uh, And Cam Newton was sitting there, and I like the Panthers. I wanted to wait a little longer on quarterback because I felt like I could get three really good ones later on. I'm not sure if Cam's going to run much, but I love the playmakers on the team. I love having Christian McCaffrey. I love having DJ Moore, and I love having Curtis Samuel. I think the fact that he can get the ball into those players' hands and then go to the house on any single play makes me really love Cam. So I decided, hell, let's start with Cam at QB. So first QB taken for me in the eighth round. In the ninth round, I semi-regret this pick. Um, I got... Caught on fixating on um, having players from great offenses. And I took Sammy Watkins. D.D. Westbrook was on the board, and I was going back and forth between D.D. and Sammy in my mind. I like Nick Foles. I like D.D. Westbrook. I think they're going to want to throw the ball more. The fact that I have Leonard Fournette steered me away from D.D. Westbrook in the end. I took Sammy Watkins. If he stays healthy, I'll be very happy with it. I think there'll be weeks where he puts up three for thirties and I don't have to play him, but I think there'll be weeks where the defense really tries to key in on Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins breaks big for two big touchdowns. And again, you have a bit of a splash play similar to Tariq Cohen. Uh, So again, this is thinking more best ball format over kind of a season long philosophy where I really don't want Sammy Watkins in season long because you just don't know when he's going to hit. But i can have him in these formats and feel really comfortable because I'm not technically relying on him. I just get to capitalize on his big weeks. In the 10th round, I wanted another quarterback and Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan were on the board. Uh, I've heard a lot about Matt Ryan this year because he has a lot of dome games. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's like 12 out of the 16 weeks are in a dome, which is great for Matt Ryan. But I'm not really sold that offense is going to be great. That offensive line looks pretty shitty just from what I've seen in preseason so far. And I really like what's going on in Tampa Bay, so it seemed pretty easy for me at this point. I just locked in Jameis, and I feel really good about Cam and Jameis. In the 11th round, um, there was not much to like. And I decided that it was going to be a tight end pick. And on the board was David Njoku and Jordan Reed. And although I like David Njoku more as a player and a talent, I was looking opportunity here because I'm fairly certain Evan Ingram is going to be rock solid each week. And if Jordan Reed stays healthy, I think he has the potential to be a top six tight end. Njoku is playing in a really, 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 really good offense that's extremely crowded. And so he, at best, is probably the third most likely fourth option on this team, and you have a great red zone running back, a smart quarterback who spreads the ball around, and a great red zone receiver in Odell. So, I just didn't think that the opportunity was going to be there for David Njoku. And the reports are coming out of camp that Jordan Reed looks really quick and healthy and has burst. Sure, it's training camp, but that for me locked it in. And if he's healthy, he's the focal point of a really bad offense, but he's the focal point nonetheless which means that he could end up with 750 yards anywhere from four to eight touchdowns, and you'd feel really good about that if he stays healthy. Uh, and that locks in my second tight end, so I'm feeling good about getting to that third point. Uh, so we've made 11 picks at this point, and I have two quarterbacks in Cam and Jameis. I have four wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, and Sammy Watkins. And I have three running backs in uh Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, and Tariq Cohen. So we're looking pretty good about getting to our uh, desired roster breakdown. In the 12th round, at this point, I want another running back because that'll get me to the four that I'm looking for and balance me off of four running backs, four receivers. Uh, In real time, I was happy to make this pick, and now I'm starting to regret it based on some news that came out. I took Carlos Hyde, uh, and at the time, this was still the Andy Reid was – Talking negatively about Damian Williams, which I thought was just coach speak to try and inspire him. Uh, but there wasn't really any negative on Carlos Hyde. And I still am a believer that Andy Reid prefers to have a main focal running back, but he will have split backfields. We've seen in the past with Sharkhandrick West, Spencer Ware, these guys who have. At least some role. And then if the top guy goes down, they pick up the bulk of the work. So Damian Williams, we've never seen have the entire 16-game load on him. There's a potential for injury there. And having the backup to Damian Williams in a best ball format in this offense could be extremely uh, fruitful. So I was really happy to pick Carl's Hyde. Now there's some talk that he might not even make the final roster. Um, So I'm a little concerned there. But if he does make the final roster, I'll be very happy with the pick because I want pieces of that roster because you never know what can happen. 13, this may be my favorite pick of the draft. My, Actually, no, that's not true. 17 is based on some recent news. We'll get to that. Spoiler alert. But 13 isn't a phenomenal pick in my mind. I think this is best ball. I think this is season long. I think he's not even being talked about enough in the industry, which is surprising to me. Um, Michael Gallup. Um, this was a no-brainer for me. I went into this format wanting him the he showed promise last year a a full year with Dak the off season. Um, the fact that Amari Cooper has this plantar fasciitis issue, the stuff going on with Zeke. I just think Michael Gallup's probably putting the work in, probably building the rapport at Dak. And I like the upside for a thousand yards and six plus touchdowns. And in the 13th round, I just love, love, love this pick. I will be jamming Michael Gallup all year long. He's in my week one daily fantasy lineups. I just love everything about it. Um, yeah, that's my guy, Michael Gallup. Uh, just sucks he's on the Cowboys because that's not my team. Uh, in the 14th round, I went another receiver. Uh, ideally, I'm looking for a running back here, but there's not much there. I think Devin Singletary went two picks before, which I was considering, but I don't really want it. Um, on the same team, this was another splash play that I think is a great pick for best balls in this in this uh, spot. John Brown. John Brown is a burner. And goes deep, and he can take broken plays and make them into touchdowns very quickly. Uh, Josh Allen breaks plays as the quarterback. Uh, he doesn't like to sit in the pocket. Of course, he likes to move around, run. He's got a freaking cannon. So there will be a ton of inconsistency with Josh Brown, or John Brown, and Josh Allen for sure. But the weeks that I he has a splash weeks, I will get to utilize him. Uh, to the maximum in this best ball format I was also considering Anthony Miller out of the Bears he had seven touchdowns last year surprisingly and I think he'll take another step forward as he was injured most of last year but it's really hard to pinpoint where the production is going to come week in and week out with the Bears Uh, so I definitely am not really looking for Anthony Miller in the season long but I do like him in the best ball and I just thought that John Brown has more upside than Anthony Miller here Uh, either one would have been fine but if I had gone more risky players earlier I probably would have gone with the safety Anthony Miller over the the John Brown splash in the 15th I went with a safety handoff or handcuff pick uh, Alexander Madison running back for the Minnesota Vikings a rookie uh, he's looked good in the preseason uh, Dalvin cook of course is one year removed from the ACL injury but he still has injury concerns and he's a little guy for a running back or a smaller uh, sized running back so I really wanted to lock in that backfield uh, just because I know they want to run the football uh, I think they'll be a good team and There wasn't much going on there, so I thought, this is the time, lock it in, don't win another round, just do it, and I did it. On the 16th round, I decided to finish off my tight ends, Um, I don't feel great about it, but it was James Graham, otherwise known as Jimmy Graham, Um, he says he's healthy, he says he's feeling great, Uh, they may throw the ball more, he expects to be more involved with the team this year, based on some comments, there could be some weeks he has two touchdowns, Um, and I have some injury concerns with jordan reed i have some uh, offense concerns with evan ingram and i wanted three tight ends so why not this seemed like the opportune time uh, i didn't really want like a mark andrews or anything even later down so yeah let's do jimmy graham on the 17th this pick may win me this league to be honest um, at the time he was not reinstated uh, but i had an inclination that he would be josh gordon in the second to last round uh we've seen what he can do with tom brady before His numbers when Gronk wasn't there uh, when he was injured were phenomenal. Uh, So Gronk not being there this year, you expect Josh Gorin to be phenomenal. I'm going to bump him up my draft boards for season long. I'm going to hammer him in daily. I just love the fact that Josh Gorin's on this roster. Uh, It makes me feel really good. And in the 18th round, I wanted to round it off with a third quarterback, which in hindsight is fantastic because my other two quarterbacks have the same bye week, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, Sam Darnold, I love, I love, he's my guy. He's on my list. I don't think people are talking about him. He looked really good at the end of last year, especially in home games. I think the division will allow him to score some points. I think he has some nice weapons around him. He's made some nice throws in preseason. Um, and although I didn't know at the time, the week that I will need him most week seven, Uh, He will be playing at home against the New England Patriots, who tend to give up a lot of yards, especially when they're not in Foxborough. And he could put up a 300-yard, two-touchdown game and be my quarterback that week. Uh, I wanted a quarterback, especially with Cam having potential injury concerns and Jameis being bad and having benching concerns. Not really, but it happened in the past, uh, to have stability. And clearly, no matter the woes that Sam Darnold goes through, which I think will be... um, less frequent than people expect at this point. He he is the future of this team. They're they locked into him. He will play every single game, barring injury, and he has no heightened injury risk compared to the average. So I thought this was a very smart pick to round up my quarterbacks. So I came in again with the intention of having three quarterbacks, six running backs, six wide receivers, and three tight ends across my 18 spots. I ended up with three quarterbacks, five running backs, seven wide receivers, and three tight ends. And I feel really good about it. My two major concerns... Uh, are the fact that Cam and Jameis have the same bye week, week seven, that I didn't think about, Uh, and that my two two of my tight ends, Jimmy Graham and uh, Evan Ingram, have the same bye week, and the one that doesn't have the same bye week, Jordan Reed, is the most injury prone out of the bunch, which is a bit scary for uh, navigating past that week, but... We'll hope uh, that later on in the season uh, he's still around because I need him week 11, which is kind of scary. But overall, I feel really good about it. In hindsight, I would have had a different tight end breakdown uh, so that um, I didn't have to worry about week 11 as much. But it is what it is, and uh, I have a nice balance between stability and upside. Uh, So this is my rundown of a best ball draft. I'm going to do many more of them. They're a lot of fun. Uh, You can do it anywhere from $1 to $3 to $10 on draft. I highly recommend it. Uh, And just be considerate. I think spending a fair amount of time thinking mostly about bye weeks and which players are most compatible can give you a leg up over everyone else. Uh, But otherwise, just have fun. That's the point of why we're doing this. So that's going to conclude today's episode. Again, my name is Jesse Cook. This is the reality of fantasy. Uh, you can reach me at on Twitter, at sleepandsports. Uh, that's because I'm a sleep researcher by trade. I'm also a clinical psychology doctoral student and have been playing fantasy sports for, I don't know, far too long at this point, six, since the sixth grade, which is probably, wow, it's about 17 years at this point. Um, so that's quite some time. Uh, but... Things have changed over the years, and uh, we have these new novel formats and new novel apps that make it a lot more fun. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at jdcook4 at whiskwisc.edu. That's jdcook, the number four at whiskwisc.edu. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or comments you may have. Otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy the remaining couple weeks before kickoff. Bye bye.